0: Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel Part 2 for this week, thanks to Mark Donaldson. Um, We're recording this, uh, when I say immediately after the Hearts-Hibs game, I mean immediately afterwards. It's currently 10 o'clock UK time, Um, players and officials are still doing their interviews. I am currently sitting in the Wheatfield Stand Conference Room 2, Mark Donaldson where are you? <laughs>
1: Babysitting. Just watched the game um, with my daughter. So if you do hear um, anything from her, firstly it'll probably make more sense than anything I say, and secondly that's what the noise in the background is. <laughs> so this is fresh. It's not even half an hour. I've not even. It's I've raw. Not even heard Craig, Yeah, I've not even heard Craig Levine. Um, I've just listened to Neil Lennon on BT Sport. Haven't heard Craig Levine yet. So. Uh, Let's
0: get to this. Yeah, so we're doing it a bit differently this week because normally I suppose we'll have we will have both seen matches, seen the stats, rewatched incidents. Uh you've obviously watched it on TV, so you'll have probably a better idea actually of how calls went and were right decisions made at certain times. I've only seen it as it happened up from the top of the Wheatfield stand. So Mark might have to give his view for a couple of things but we thought we'd do it this week because there's not going to be much time to do a full-on hour podcast. We've got Celtic on Saturday but we wanted to review this game on its own. So a bit of a shorter one, we'll cover the game. So let's get right into it I suppose. First up, Mark, the team and Hearts went into this game with major injuries and Stephen McLean of course was uh, suspended for it which we were a bit surprised at I suppose around the Press area. We thought Hearts might contest it just to make him available for this game, but they didn't. Um, And this was a really interesting pre match press area. I'm sure you've been in them when this sort of thing's happened because suddenly it was nudges, whispers, by the way, Hearts are doing this, by the way, someone's playing here, by the way. And the big thing that was going around the whispers was that a certain Peter Haring would not only be fit for the game, he was a doubt but he would be wearing the captain's armband and he would be up front. And it's one rumour that transpired to be true.
1: Yeah, it was a surprise to me. Um, I mean, he, he's becoming our uh, our Thomas Flogel, isn't he? <laughs> um, playing in the same nationality, Austrian, and playing in, in every which position. Um, did it work? Well, it caused them problems. I thought we were better in the second half, but... Uh, yeah, I wasn't quite sure where, where Morrison was playing because I thought the work rate he put in in the first half was outstanding. Playing wide right, through the middle, playing wide left. Ultimately, the bottom line is it was a 0-0 draw and whatever we tried did not work because we didn't score.
0: Yeah, it was, it was an interesting starting line-up and I thought Hearts actually... Began quite well in terms of competing. I thought the opening 10 minutes, I mean, in terms of chances, there was only really a half chance. Ollie Lee hit a shot, which was fairly comfortably saved by Adam Bogdan. But then, from I would say about 10 minutes, Hibbs got a grip of the game, and at half time, I did fear the worst. And this was one man who I think most people knew all about who could change a game in terms of picking out a goal Stevie Mallon. And uh, he threatened a couple of times and I have to say it was kind of heart and mouth moment at those points.
1: Bottom line is in the first half, we didn't do enough with more of the ball and yeah. they did more with less of the ball. And if they'd gone in at time ahead, it would have been frustrating. But I don't think you could have argued because I thought we started very well. Uh, I thought the first five, ten minutes, I thought we really took the game to them. It took them a while to find their feet. Yeah. But the bottom line is throughout the game, and I know we'll discuss the second half in a second, um, Hearts severely lacked quality in the final third, which I totally get because you cannot take out of the heart squad and the availability of players like Uche, like Naismith, like McLean. You can't take that out of the team and expect to, to keep going. You're, you're down to f- fifth fifth choice strikers or what we had and Haring's not even a striker. So we need to be better. We need to have more quality With the possession that we have, because for all the hearts had a lot of the ball in the game, especially in the second half, Adam Bogdan didn't have much to do at all in the Hibs goal.
0: And I think one part of how we started certainly and played for most of the first half that frustrated me was obviously we were going quite direct, which is fine. It can. I, I have no issue with that, I think we've discussed it before we know football can be played in many ways it can be effective in many ways what frustrated me was it looked like Haring was positioned behind Morrison and I assumed this was to win flick-ons and possibly play Morrison in behind the Hibs defence we were firing balls up but most of them were going towards Callum Morrison who had absolutely no chance against the likes of Darren McGregor and Effie Ambrose. So, uh, if if the idea was to play direct and use Haring's aerial ability, I, I didn't feel it. Qu- it was quite executed in the way that maybe Craig Levine would have hoped.
1: No, but it's it's hard. You're you're, you're dealing with a winger and a a centre back. Listen, well, he's not even a midfielder. Haring, He's he's excelled in that position this season for Hearts. He's 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 been a revelation as a a holding midfielder. Um, but you're playing a, you're asking a winger and a center back come defensive midfielder to be your two strikers because you don't have any other options. You could have played Whiten. You could have appealed the Stephen McLean thing, but he, he was going to miss one of them because he wasn't getting away with it. Um, and uh, looking for a fresher Stephen McLean against Celtic was obviously what Craig Levine chose. So that, that's the decision that, that, that he said, so we have to abide by that. Um, could Whiten have started? What, what I would say, I, I can see why he likes Sean Clare. Because uh, mm, I like him yeah. as well. Uh, th- this is a kid with a lot of talent. But this is also a kid that, that took at least half an hour. That's probably a fair number to to get acclimatized to this absolute bun fight of a football game. I mean, to be fair, using football for that first half is, is probably unfair because not much of it broke out. <laughs> and, and Claire was just like a, a deer caught in the headlights. Um, it's impossible to prepare yourself for the blood, guts, thunder, whatever of an Edinburgh derby. And I think it says a lot about him that he never hid and he kept coming back for more. And and the longer the game went on, the better he got. But that was a baptism of fire for for him as well.
0: And it certainly was a bit of a battle out there. Um, In terms of of positives for Hearts, I suppose especially in the first half when it was 11 against 11 for the full half. Again, I thought defensively, Jimmy Dunn was absolutely superb. He's been a terrific acquisition, and not just the first half, but throughout the game, but absolutely strolled at any balls over the top he was winning. He was reading things so well, and the likes of Michael Smith. And I thought Ben Garuccio looked very composed. And we've we've said a few times that we were, I suppose, banging the drum for Garuccio to to come in. And as much as Mitchell's a very talented player... I think it's very clear, especially from looking at tonight, that Ben Guricchio is the better left back. Yeah, I think
1: so. I totally agree with everything you've just said there. The one guy you didn't mention is um, Clever Di who I think is a decent player. But he needs to just concentrate (laughs) on being a defender. This isn't Franz Beckenbauer of of (laughs) 2018. The overhead kick came close, uh, came more off his shin than his boot. That would have been amazing. But there was once where... And Jimmy Dunn actually had a go at him, which I really yes. like Jimmy Dunn. Yeah. This, this is a kid that's got a big future ahead of him, Jimmy Dunn, um, because he, he's, a, he's taken on the leadership role um, after Kristoff and, and John Suter got hurt. And Di older than, than Dunn, but Dunn quickly said to him, look, if you had a chance to play it to me, instead you try to take on two players. Just keep it simple. Di a good defender. He's an excellent ball-playing, passing defender as well. But Di at times, thinks he's Beckenbauer. And just, uh, do you know who he reminds me of a little bit? I know bit? Who you're going to you say. Know? Virgil van Dijk.
0: Oh, no. Oh, geez you went, <laughs> I was going to go marry Saljukis. <laughs> oh, no,
1: yeah. Well, the, there's elements of that. The, the reason I say uh, Virgil van Dijk, I'm talking Virgil van Dijk at Groningen. Okay. I'm talking Virgil van Dijk uh, to an extent at Celtic. A guy that kind of defending was a, not an afterthought because he's... He, when he keeps his mind on it, and you're, that's a good point about Zalyukas, but Van Dijk was like that as well. He, he fancied himself as a goal scorer, as a creator, and he used to bump forward, and his poor centre-back, when I used to do the old commentary of the Eredivisie, his centre-back would pull his hair out. He'd like, oh, where's Van Dijk gone? And sometimes he'd set things up. Dicomoda's not to that extent, but he just needs to keep it simple. And, and if he does, I mean, you've got to remember here, this is our second choice. This is, this is choices three and four of our centre-backs. And together, they're making a decent team because Dunn's not frightened to say, look, come on, keep it simple. Uh, for Di Camona, yeah, if we can get the odd goal or two, but hopefully not at the extent of the, 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 the kind of daft things that, that he tries from time to time. But I, I think you're right to point out the defence. And we did look solid because their chances were, were from, from distance. Um, it should have been drummed into Bozanic that don't give free kicks away um, within 30 yards because Malin's got a wonderful... Yes, um, he does. Ability yeah. from, from distance. But I, I'm just I'm frustrated. We didn't deserve to win. Um, I don't think either team against... did, really. No, no, no. They didn't deserve to win in the second half as well. I mean, I'm just frustrated that we had a lot of the ball in the second half, but created very little, especially against 10 men.
0: And in the first half, I think one thing that was obvious is that our midfielders really weren't getting involved with Arno Jume barely was involved and I think it was a lot to do with how we played Um, I thought he looked not quite back to his best but he looked capable again recently if we take the Celtic game out of the equation but I thought against Aberdeen and against Dundee he looked quite influential again Um, I thought Bozanic had looked quite a tidy player recently but the first half kind of passed them by and that was partly I think with the way we were playing Um, which is a shame because I think we have some talented players in the middle of the park
1: an Edinburgh Derby is, is very different to, to most other games because I've been through, both as a fan and as a commentator, long spells where there was very little football played and it was a million miles an hour. You don't get a second touch in an Edinburgh Derby. In a game like that tonight, your second touch is, is a tackle from, from somebody else, um, from an opposing, opposing player. Um, and, and, and it was frustrating at times that... Arnold June wanted two or three touches. As the game wore on, he realised, as he became more central, that one touch was the way ahead. And the awareness, I think, I think what it does as well is, as the game wears on, you learn from it, and you, you then you're aware of your surroundings before the ball comes to you. Whereas the first the first hour, um, no, that's unfair. The first half was was just something that was just it was a bun fight disguised as a football game.
0: It certainly was. And, and the second half, though. I think Hearts started much better. Um, oh, I don't think Ava Grace agrees with me. Um, I, I'm, I'm not saying it was great, okay, Ava. It wasn't great, but I thought it was better. I thought they had a bit more purpose about their play. They seemed to be looking to try and get some players on the ball. Um, we saw Morrison start drifting out wide a bit more, but without creating any chances. And then the big incident of the second half. I don't think Hibbs got into the second half at all. And then 65th minute, Camberi was already on a yellow card. Now, I've not seen this again, so I'm going to let you talk us through was it the right call?
1: Okay, let's let's clarify what the second yellow card was for. It wasn't for the challenge because he was perfectly entitled to do so, although he might have gone in with a little bit too much force. It was for the reaction. Now, Garucho gets booked. Um, and if you're booking him, you pretty much have to book... Canberra as well. So, was that a red card? If if, if you're on a yellow, which he was for persistent fouling, and there was one, the one that that kind of pushed the referee over the edge when he awarded the yellow card was was when he jumped into Di without looking where the ball was. He just jumped into the man. So, it's a a soft first yellow. Um, It's one of these, the referee points to five or six different, there there wasn't five or six different things. Bottom line is he's booked. He's gone in for the challenge and then he has reacted to Garucho or whoever else as well. So it's very hard, and I'm sure we'll get on to this in a second, but when you're provoked not to do anything. um, And he was provoked by Garucho, who picked up the yellow, and he retaliated. He's he's got to know better. It was soft, but he he can't really have too many complaints because he's on a yellow. If he's not on a yellow he probably picks up that yellow card. So it shouldn't make any difference whether you're on a yellow or not. He had to go. Soft, though.
0: Okay, and it certainly did change the course of the game. As a red card tends to do, Hibbs obviously took a couple of steps back. They left just Martin Boyle up front on his own. And suddenly the impetus was with Hearts. Uh, I felt at this point, now before this game, I'll confess, I would have taken a draw, given all... Really. Yes. Given given the factors against us, given who we had missing, and the fact I think Hebs are a good side, I, I would have taken a draw. I'm not saying that I, I would have been delighted with a draw, but I would have taken one if you'd given it to me beforehand, you know, in these magical realms that you like to put me in where we can choose scenarios. But at that point, I thought, I, I thought to myself, we should go and try and win this. And to be fair to Craig Levine, he instantly and it was as if he'd been waiting for the red card to happen. He, he made a change before the game had even restarted, moved Morrison out wide, um, Craig Whiting went on, and obviously suddenly we did have a striker on. We did improve vastly in that second half, and we certainly had control of the game. I think you've just listened to Craig Levine's interview as well, and I think he summarised and admitted himself. I think the problem was, we didn't really create any chances to win the game.
1: No, and that's the bottom line. You don't create chances, you don't deserve to to win the game. Um, I don't want to kind of get too far ahead myself with regards to the disallowed goal because I know you're you're kind of doing this um, in order, and you don't Almost. like it when I kind of go out of order. So we'll get to that shortly.
0: Doesn't usually um, stop you. Yeah?
1: No, I know, but I've, I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm never too old to learn. Um, the, the bottom line is there wasn't enough creativity, but there's mitigating circumstances for that. I'm just frustrated we didn't create more with the possession we had against 10 men
0: and i agree with that now one there's a couple of incidents which you'll have seen more than i have the only incident that i have seen again is the disallowed call prior to that there's one that i want to get your opinion on which from my position right up at the back of the wheatfield stand which granted it doesn't always give you the clearest of views for incidents when there's a few players in the box When Sean Clare gets challenged from behind as the ball comes in, I thought that looked like a penalty from where I was.
1: You'll need to help me out because there's a few things to to think back on about things that happened with regards to challenges. Um, Anything that would have been given as a penalty in that game would have been considered soft, whether it was Jimmy Dunn who stayed on his feet when he could have gone down in the early stages. Um, Yeah, I mean, the the Sean Clare one, again it didn't have me up off the sofa going, that's a referee, that's a penalty. I I can understand. I mean, if you're going by the letter of the the Willie Collum laws um, (laughs) that soft equals penalty, then yeah, maybe. Um, But I mean, even Christoph Berra, who was part of the BT Sport coverage, admitted as a centre-back that he probably wouldn't have got the, or he wouldn't have wanted to be penalised for the the Jimmy Dunn incident um, in the first half. And and the Sean Clare one as well you've seen them given? yes was it probably not um and by the way the 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 Bartley one um the challenge that earned him a yellow card it was interesting because the BT pundits were, were they were talking about the potential that that might have been even more than a yellow card um was it excessive um recklessness I mean it was a it, it was dangerous it was a studs up um it's one of these. If the player's leg is, is is flat on the ground, or is is he standing up? Does he get a, a broken leg? <sighs> I, I thought a yellow was was probably right. It was it was it was one of those. If there was a, a an intermediate card between a yellow and a red, it was probably that. Orange. And there isn't. Yeah, the, and there isn't. So you know what? I mean, yellow card. I. I I'm not a big fan of Andrew Dallas. Um, obviously, I'm over here and I only see him on, on television. He, he reminds me of a, a kind of younger Willie Collum and that the common sense doesn't really apply very much and it's all by the letter of the law. There has to be an element of common sense as well. And I th- I'm not just saying that because I thought he was pretty poor for both sides. Neil Lennon was not happy, um, but when is he ever about the referee? Um, and it's funny he said, all the free kicks we were given were miles from goal. Mm, Stevie Mallon hit the bar with one so it's that's the kind of selective commenting again from, um, from Mr. Lennon but uh, the Clare one not for me, the Marvin Bartley yellow probably correct and, and, and in all fairness he's probably got the big decisions right, Hibbs will argue it shouldn't have been a red card but it's just the little things as well and that the, the goalkeeper to move the ball a yard back because it's taken from the wrong place that's a nonsense, we're not here to to see him um, we weren't here to see his father when he refereed. We're here to see some football. But you know what? We've got no football. Very, very little. Poor game.
0: It certainly was, but a couple of incidents right at the end almost gave Hearts uh, victory, and it was Clevy Dicamona who was involved in them. He hit the post as the ball fell to him after one Bogdan flap. I felt he possibly could have laid it off to a yeah, team, to Jum. To
1: yeah, Jum. wanted it, yeah. And if he didn't lay it off, he actually, I think, I mean, Ali McCoy said it in commentary as well. I think he maybe could have taken it first time on the left foot, uh, on a kind of swivel.
0: Jimmy said that exact same thing during yeah. commentary. He said he thought he should have hit it first time.
1: Yeah, it's awareness, Laurie. It's awareness of, a, we spoke earlier about DeCamona, and uh, I've got no problem with him in the opposition box because he's a menace and he'll score goals for Hearts. But uh, the awareness of him compared to the awareness uh, and instinct of a striker, I think is is, is very different. I, I think a striker or an attacking midfielder would have maybe known what to do, might have laid it off, might have taken it first time. Uh, that, that's fine. I mean, ultimately, it didn't go in the back of the net. And I'm sure you're, you want to talk about the second incident, which was the uh, the Dicamona goal, which was chalked off for offside.
0: Yes. So again, it was a Bogdan flap at the, the heart of it. I think it's possibly... Whiten who nods it back in. You can tell I've not seen them again. I recall it now. It was Whiten who nods it over and it's flicked into the back of the net despite the despairing attempts from the Hibbs defence. At the time, I knew it was given as offside before it hit the net because I could see the flag. It's on my, my side, the Wheatfield side flag. Obviously at the time I couldn't tell if it was right or not. Having seen it again, it's the right call. Haring doesn't touch the ball but he's in there he's going towards it he's challenging Hibs defenders and he's certainly offside I think twice at least three Um, times three times so I have no problem with the offside decision despite the fact Haring didn't touch it
1: and it's frustrating as well because it might have ended up in the back of the night if Haring wasn't there but he is interfering with play yeah and it, it is a good call remember we've seen some ridiculous decisions at that end of the pitch, remember, <laughs> I think it was Ollie Shaw.
0: Yes, it was. Uh, had the yes. ball
1: over, over the line and, and it wasn't given. Um, so, yeah, it's just it was frustrating that we kind of went gung-ho because they'd taken off Malin and we tried to push forward late on and, and push numbers forward. We created something there. If we'd maybe done that a little bit earlier, then what what would have happened? We We, we don't know. Um, but what that led to, and th- this was already after, and I think it's important we, we talk about this as well. Um, this was after an arsehole, an absolute arsehole behind the goal, um, lashed out at uh, Bobby's Lamal. There is no place for that in football. And there's no place for an arsehole throwing a coin. It's an absolute disgrace. Neil Lennon, people, right. So here, here's the what whataboutery in, in, in Scottish football. Aye, well, he deserved it because he, he's been winding us up and he taunted us when we didn't get a goal. No, that's not how life works. Okay, first of all, I'm not the biggest Neil Lennon fan. As a person, on a one-to-one basis, I really like him. I've spent a lot of time with him, and I like him as a person. But, he is a hothead. And what he did was ill-advised. The goal was chalked off for Di He turned around, he goaded the Hearts fans. Intensely goaded the Hearts fans. And the Hearts fan, I say fan, The idiot, the absolute idiot. Someone's thought, oh, I'll I'll throw a coin. I mean, come on. What walk of life is that acceptable? None. So for you to say, ah, but he goaded us. As Neil Lennon pointed out prior to that incident in his post-match interview, he was getting plenty of stick, plenty of stick from Hearts fans. Now, he said some of it was was a bit nasty, but he's, he's used to that. That verb is like sticks and stones will break my bones, blah, blah, blah. To, to do what that idiot has done, we're now talking about that. The front, I guarantee you the picture on every back page, there was nothing to talk about with regards to the football. It'll be Neil Lennon on the ground and some of them will go with Bobby Slamal on the ground as well. Now, as Neil Lennon quite rightly pointed out after the game as well, it's not Hart's fault. What more can you do? How can you stop someone going into their pocket? taking out a one-pound coin and launching it at someone. You cannot stop that, because he was asked what should be done. And he said, look, it's not Hart's fault here. And you saw what, what Craig Levine, straight, he was straight over there as well. Come on, people. Just common sense. You wouldn't do that in the street if someone was annoying you. You wouldn't get a coin out and throw it at them. It doesn't matter. This is the whole, oh, but there's not a mark on them. You're missing the point here. There's not a mark on them, but the Someone's thrown a coin, however hard it's hit them, it's unacceptable. You wouldn't do it in the street. Why would you do it there? So I just, it pisses me off that we're talking and the back page is quite rightly so. will be Neil Lennon on the ground and maybe to an extent Bobby Zemal on the ground. Come on, people. Common sense when you go to the football. Don't turn into arseholes.
0: What do we take from this? Because I have to say, I, I wasn't quite sure how to feel at full-time after mm-hmm. that game. I know what you mean. There, there wasn't a lot of football. Hearts are still top of the table. Part of me was a bit disappointed. I felt like there was a, a missed opportunity, especially after the red card. But we looked very solid with lots of big characters out. So there was some positives and negatives. And to be honest, you, you've, you've said it already. These Edinburgh Derby, so many of them just turn into a war of attrition or a battle and very little football breaks out. So it's not really a surprise that that happened again.
1: No, no. Um, The last game before the winter break is the Edinburgh Derby as well. That'll be fun. I think what we take out of this is I'm glad there's a winter break this season because we've got so many injuries. And I was thinking about this um, before the game. We will hopefully have a number of players either back or close to being back when play resumes after the, the January break. That's in two or three months' time. What did we take from that game? Uh, chance gone gone a-begging, I think. I mean, against 10 men at home, um, we just didn't have the quality. But mitigating circumstances, if that had been with Uche, with Suter, with Bera, with McLean, with Naismith, five of the 10 outfield players that would have started, and we would have probably won that game. But if we'd played like that and didn't create as much, with those players in the team, I think it would have been more frustrating. There are mitigating circumstances, and I think we have to accept that we have what we have. We're down to the bare bones, and if this had been last season, I tell you what, the average age of that team, given mind or bearing in mind what happened, would have probably been fifteen and a half. Because <laughs> seriously, that that we just uh, we have strengthened the squad, and we're now able to compete, and are probably better with that squad or with the, with whoever's available right now. We're probably better than. I would say eight of the teams, probably seven or eight of the teams I would fancy hearts against with what's left. We're down to the bare bones. So it's a case of batting down the hatches, try and get something from Celtic park, beat Kelly at home. And then it gets a little bit, not easier, but the games are are more winnable and and hopefully we'll get one or two back by then. It's, it's just, it's frustrating, but I'm I'm totally with you. I, I didn't really know what to feel a point. I'll take it, I would have liked more but i tell you what, if that late corner for them had ended up in the back of the net we've seen them score late goals of that end before especially in the Scottish Cup it's a point,
0: let's move on So we will move on to what's up next for Hearts, it's Celtic of course at Celtic Park on Saturday, so the results of the midweek games means that Hearts do stay top, but just four points above Celtic now who have a game in hand Um, What this does is it gives Brendan Rodgers' side a big chance to close the gap and at the same time mean that it's in their hands to leapfrog Hearts when they catch up with that game that they have yet to play. Um, Hearts, of course, will be missing Bera, Suter, uh, Uche Agpiesu and Stephen Naismith, as well as Jamie Brandon, so they've got some long-term injuries. But because Stephen McLean served the first game of his ban against Hibs, we understand that he is now going to be available for Celtic because the other game of his two-game ban is to be served in the League Cup, which I only found out uh, right before kick-off in the game tonight. Um, So looking ahead to Celtic, Mark, I suppose, first up, Stephen McLean going to be back in the team, do you think, back in the starting eleven?
1: He's the first name on the team sheet now.
0: Yeah, That decision was
1: taken. (sighs) Can we play without one? I don't want to lose him for the next month.
0: I liked I did I did like a tweet that I saw that basically said um, oh I see what Levine's doing here play someone who's already injured as captain then he can't get injured again so you've you've covered your back
1: Yeah Harring, I think was the captain wasn't he against yeah. uh against him. Saturday McLean plays um I hope I hope Morrison plays that's all I'll say because he's not played against Rangers at Ibrox he didn't play against Celtic at Murrayfield I hope he plays because he just gives us something. We were short of creativity. And even if, he, even if he did create, there was nothing there for him to create for. So he's got someone more experienced that knows how to play that position, Stephen McLean. So I hope Morrison starts. McLean will start. And again, it, I, it's difficult to say what, what who else should be in the team because we don't know the knocks and niggles and whatever. Haring's going to miss time soon because he needs...
0: He has to have the and operation all, at some point. Yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly. So it's just we can could, we could do with him um, for the time being. Um, so I, I don't know what, I'd take a point right now. I, I don't think we'll get it at the weekend just because I'd fancy us to take something, a point from the game if we had everyone available. But I just think the Naes- the Naismith loss, the creativity that he provides, the get up and atomness about him is solely missing from Hearts. But w- what can you do? There's nothing you can
0: do. And this is a Celtic side to have just put five past yeah, Dundee. You, they've put, you know
1: how bad Dundee are,
0: though. Uh, I do. I was going to say, and 18 goals they've scored in their last four domestic games. They, they do look like they're finding mm-hmm. their rhythm again. So what I'm going to ask now, do we go to Celtic Park? Now, I think Craig Levine has changed a little bit approach-wise this season. I think if we went to Celtic Park and... You take away all these injuries we have. You've got the Berros, the Sutters, the Uchi piezos Naismiths. I could have seen him going to Celtic Park, and do more. we did it last season. To be fair, in the second trip to Celtic Park, and being a little bit more adventurous. However, I wonder if Saturday is going to be a uh, let's line them up, let's park the bus, frustrate them, and see what we can possibly catch at the other side on the counter attack.
1: We can't be adventurous. We don't have the players to be so. No. And if we were going to be adventurous, we would have done it tonight. And we couldn't. So if you can't do it at home to Hibbs, when you've got the majority of a 20,000 crowd providing their backing, it's very hard to say you can go do it at Celtic Park. I just don't think we have the players that are capable of of ball retention um, and to pin Celtic back. So I I think it's somewhere halfway. Um, I don't want to park the bus. I don't think we need to park the bus. I just think we need to be organised. I'd go with two holders in front of a back four. I'd have the two wide players, um, kind of helping out with defence. But we need to we, we we need to keep the ball well when we have it because that's something we're guilty of when we go to Celtic and Rangers. We don't we're not careful enough with the ball. We need to be careful with the ball. And again, if I could take a point now, I'd I'd, I'd bite your hand off for it because. I was optimistic prior to the Hibs game. I really was. I, I thought that the, the changes that had been made um, were... I, 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 I had no problem with them because that's all we had um, with Morrison coming back and, and I mean, the Haring situation. But I think on Saturday, that's, a, that's one of these, before the season starts, you look at it, anything you get at Celtics, it's a bonus. And that's what it'll be. If we get anything, it'll be a bonus.
0: In regards to Stephen McLean, justifiable ban? <laughs> I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. 100%. You just can't do that. We're talking about going down the street, launching a one-pound <laughs> coin at someone you don't like. You don't go down the street and grab someone's balls. You just can't do that. No, And I... it, it's, it's just... There, there isn't a part of the SFA rulebook, rulebook for, for grabbing the testicles of an opposing player. So it has to go down as violent conduct. Just don't do it. And as, as as Craig Levine said, we knew we had no chance of winning this. So we had to decide, does he play against Hibbs or does he exactly.
0: play against yeah. Celtic? It, it reminded me of um, a couple of weeks ago, a, a story that I'll quickly tell. Uh, so after the Ibrox game, um, I was there with uh, Jimmy and uh, Mrs. Sanderson and Sanderson Jr. as well. And afterwards, Alan McLaren, who's obviously still good friends with Jimmy, former Hearts and Rangers player, took us to bar 72. Uh-huh. Um, now, I, I tend to, no matter where I'm going, no matter what ground it is or what the plans are after, I'll wear my suit, I'll wear my Hearts tie, and I've got my big Hearts Club jacket on. Jimmy wasn't. Jimmy was no colours, no hearts badges. So <laughs> we walk. You walk around the pitch at Ibrox. Alan McLaren guides us around and we we go out and we're walking up t- towards the ground. And Karen, who is um, Jimmy's wife, is saying, "Laurie, you're taking it off. I'm not walking in there. If, walking in there with you, with a big hearts jacket on and a hearts tie." And I said to Alan, I was like, "Do I need to take it off?" And he's like, "Well, it's up to you. You'll you'll you get a bit of a ripping." And I was like, "Well, I can take that. I mean, but will it be worse than that?" And he said, well, we did have a sexual assault case last week. And I said, oi. I said, sorry, what? And we were just coming to the lifts. And he said, well, you see the lifts are quite small. I was like, yeah. And he said, well, it was getting a bit cramped. And there was a few folk in there. And a, a larger gentleman went to go in. And a few of the guys said, no, nah, away you go. There's no space. And a little bit of an argument took place. And he went, no, nah, I'm, I'm coming in. So he forces went to the lift. And they got up. It's just a one floor or something. They go up. And... As the larger gentleman was getting out the lift, the guy who'd been arguing with him did a, a Marvin Bartley, shall we say? He took his fingers and just gave him a little jab in the in the behind. Um, <laughs> as as you would expect, the gentleman took um, umbrage with this and said, "That's that's out of order." And there the, the was staff there, and he went, "That's that's sexual assault. I want to report that." And apparently, the staff went, D- "Like really?" And he went, "Yeah." I do. So they phoned the authorities and the police oh. came round, and he told them the story. and And they said, "Do you really want to proceed with this?" And he said, "You know what? If I was a lassie, you'd be all over it. and you'd be hauling him away." So he's like, "I want to press charges," and the guy got taken away. Apparently. Oh my god! And it was at this point I said to Alan, "I'll just take my jacket off." To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: well, did you not want a finger up the?
0: I don't know, I said I said to him um, I I can I can take a punch in the face, I take a bit of a ripping, but I draw the line at getting a couple of fingers up the backside. So So, so there you go. I, I don't
1: know, I don't know how I'm gonna explain this to my daughter. I think... I, <laughs> she's, I mean, I'm on here to talk about hip's heart. We've we've come to this. First wow. of all, um ball grabbing <laughs> and 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 then and then inappropriate behaviour.
0: I think it probably sums up just how little football um, and match action there was to describe for this game. Um... I'm sure
1: there's so many problems. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere near any of them. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, a... I'm just, I'm just, I'm just frustrated. Um, and I'm frustrated. Well, I don't even know what's going to be in the back pages, but I know what the photo is going to be.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: And 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 now it's all about well, what happens next? So that's twice at Tyne Castle behind the goal. First of all, Jimmy Dunn gets hit by a fan wielding a microphone and then Bobby <sighs> Lamal gets quacked, whether it's a slap, a punch, whatever it is by a, a, another idiot. And then you've got the, the tube in the main stand chucking coins. I mean, come on, this has got to stop. We don't want
0: this happening. And I tell you what makes it more disappointing is that they've just recently mentioned or Talked about potentially reviewing the no alcohol at Scottish football games, which I've I've wanted to be reviewed for a long time because I've been you'll be the same I've been at games in England I've been at games in Italy I've been at games in Scandinavia, and you can have a beer and it's fine and nothing kicks off. I know there's certain matches in countries that they then take that away from because certain games are heated, so you maybe wouldn't have it for big derbies and such like. But I was quite excited when I heard that because although I can't indulge unfortunately. I think it's a good thing to have. But actions like that are not going to help anyone's cause if they're looking to have that (laughs) ruling changed.
1: No, let's just keep it the way it is. We can't be trusted. And I'm talking the minority, 0.05%, who spoil it for everybody else. But if, if this is what happens when people can't drink alcohol at the football, let's not give them alcohol because who knows what... They're capable of. We've taken away the fences and everything, and the cages, and we're now asking fans to behave at the football. Um,
0: it's not much to ask, is it?
1: <laughs> it isn't, but clearly the minority spoil it for the majority, and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be introducing the uh, the implementation of alcohol uh, into Scottish football. I'd love to there's always the, the idiots that would spoil it for everyone else. So it's one of these, why take the chance? If you want a drink, have it before the game. I mean, a whole generation's used to go, I mean, what was it, 1980? After the Old Firm Cup final, it was introduced uh, or shortly after that. So a whole generation of gone to games never been able to have alcohol um, actually during the match. And I don't see any reason why that should change right now because of the behaviour of... Uh, of one or two arseholes.
0: that brings us to the end of this one i think mark we've we 've touched upon the the game that just went, which didn 't have much to touch upon, unfortunately, in terms of match action and goals we 've had a little look ahead to celtic there 's certainly not much optimism, but you never know we could be talking next week about a gallant performance and a pointer, you never know, maybe even more stranger things have happened. Um, Before we go, just wanted to ask you to reiterate to listeners your homework for next time.
1: (laughs) Um, Ava Grace um, has just told me what the homework (laughs) is. She has has reminded me, um, your homework for Twitter, social media, and everything that Laurie's about to tell you is your favourite worst hearts team or moment supporting your favourite Worst Hearts team. Might have been a strip you liked and a team that was honking. Might have been a favourite away trip that we used to go to when the team wasn't very good, but you still loved going to the game or whatever. So your best moment following your favourite Worst Hearts team, please.
0: And you can get us on Twitter. The handle is at Around the Funnel. You can also give us an email, which is podcast at Scarves Around the Funnel. .co.uk uh, Thank you for the feedback we've had the last few days, lots of positive stuff coming in, which we always like to see and if anyone has any constructive criticisms of course as well we're always willing to hear that as well and delete the tweet and never talk about it no, of course that's not what we do, but um, thank you for joining uh, me Mark and for Eva Grace and her input as well, we appreciate it. Um, she's currently, she's currently <laughs> clutching the Hearts Badge Oh, um, getting us started early yeah.
1: oh yeah she's got her little jersey on and uh, we hopefully will have more cheer this weekend
0: yeah, I wouldn't count on it but you never know but <laughs> I'm going to go before I get thrown out of Town Castle because it's now 11 o'clock and I don't know what time this place opens still uh, but we'll see <laughs> you next week
1: alright bye. take it